next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Canastro Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brennan Ertle. Today, I'm here with a very special guest of mine. We have Madeline Hudak from the Canal Street Chronicles. She's a staff writer with us over there. You can follow her on Twitter at Maddie, under, excuse me, Maddie Hudak underscore 94. Go check her out. Maddie, what's up? Welcome to the pod. Hi. Uh, you know, Brendan and I are having a great time right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way we always kick off these pods, you guys know, is we talk about the division first. And, and number one in the division right now is the Tampa Buccaneers. Uh, hopefully not for much longer because how about them bears uh, Brady falls to the Tim or the Tampa Buccaneers fall to the Chicago bears 20 to 19 and one of the ugliest games I've seen this year. Um, even if the Tampa Buccaneers came out of this game with a W they did not look good at all. No. And, and I'm so, you know, Tom Brady didn't bother me when he was in New England because it was not even our conference. And, we have to deal with him in our division and skip Bayless and everyone calling him this elite guy from coming back from a 17 point deficit as if that's something that's never been done before. And tonight is just a treat for um, recent uh, haters of Tom Brady, including myself. My, my, my biggest takeaway from this game was I've never seen personally, I've never seen Drew Brees, uh, go yell at the refs. Hey, call this, do this. I've never seen Michael Thomas uh, shove a corner to the ground and freak out about a call. I've never seen Drew Brees yell at his own players on the sideline. And I feel like I see that from the Tampa Buccaneers every single week. It's Brady yelling at the refs. It's Mike Evans complaining about a call. It's their employee on the sideline. It's just, I just, I just hate him personally, but yeah. But, yeah. I, I mean, there's so many like videos of Tom and memes of Tom screaming at people. And, you know, there, I remember there was a shot of Tatum sitting next to Drew after the fumble uh, in the Green Bay game. And like, if you ever expected Drew to yell at a player, it might've been then. And they were just sitting there calmly uh, looking at, you know, uh, film. And I, it's just, I just think it's disrespectful. Like just cause you're the quarterback and you're, you know, the quote leader of the team. It doesn't give you, you know, some special status to berate your teammates or referees. And if, you know, if anyone was to have a bone to pick with the referees, barring Sean Payton, is afraid is going to run on the field now because he's done it before. I, I don't ever see our team like turning one another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and could have I- many, many times. I don't know if I've ever even seen Drew Brees throw a tablet once. And I've seen, I saw Tom Brady throw that freaking tablet three, four, five times. And let's talk about that. Uh, every, everyone talks about Tom Brady, two minute drive. He's got all these game winning touchdowns and how ugly that last drive was to the point where it was fourth down, incomplete pass, Bears win. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's fourth down right now. I, I don't even know what was going through his head. Like he threw four incomplete passes and then ah, I've never seen it from him. So there's, there is like science behind um, but performance and level of play 
but the pressure has to be at a certain level in order for that to make sense. So if this was a playoff game or something and Brady had a mental blip like that and miscounted, it'd be one thing, but I never thought I'd have to say as a quarterback, you need to know what down you're on. And if you're not sure, ask someone, double check. Yeah. That was just such a gaff. And I, I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, honestly, the play literally speaks itself. Yeah, they fall to three and two. I could sit here and talk crap about them all night, um, but they did us a huge favor tonight. If the Saints pull out a W in Monday Night Football and beat the Chargers, they're back on first place and they control their fate. And this was definitely something I was concerned about. I didn't want to be chasing the Bucks um, for the rest of the year. And guess what? The Tampa Buccaneers next week, they have Green Bay. And the Saints have been banged up for the past couple weeks. They get the Chargers and then they, then they get a bye. And we'll talk about the Chargers in a, in a second, but um, the Panthers and Falcons play this weekend as well. So, um, of course, the Falcons are 0-4. Amazing stuff there. The Panthers are 2-2. Two and two. So, one of those teams is going to get a loss. And um, I, can't, I can't not vote for Teddy and uh, Carolina and what they're doing, but I'd love to see Atlanta drop another one. Yeah, I mean, if, I've never bet on anything in my life, but if I was going to bet, it would be – the Falcons doing what they've done every single game this season. And it's not just like play bad. It's hilariously bad. And I'm rooting for Teddy too. And I don't think long-term the Panthers are going to be a threat to us. Hmm. I just think without McCaffrey, that was like their team last season. And they're, they're doing okay, but I, it, it was a Buccaneers for me. And especially because we have the first game over them, if it does come down to a tie, but them having green Bay the week after their bye week too, hopefully they'll have Devonte Adams back. And I just think that there's going to be this just cloud hanging over their head after this week. But to me, it doesn't really matter who wins the Panthers Falcons game. Cause either way, one of them is going to win it. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I think this is honestly a two-team race in the long run. Yeah, and I mean, I could sit here and hate on the Falcons as well, but um, the first two quarters, they're 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 a playoff team, and the last two, they are are um, a top five pick team. And I don't I don't I don't know what their problem is, but it's not my problem, so we don't need to worry about it. Um, moving to this injury report, um, it's been something that we've hated the past two weeks. And is actually looking more positive this week. There's still some names on that list, but uh, we're getting some limited instead of did not practice. Um, starting off with Ryan Ramchek. He got a concussion. He said, screw concussions. He's back first day. <laughs> he was limited. Michael Thomas was limited. Marshawn Lattimore limited. Jared Cook, Davenport, and Pete. I was surprised about Pete are all limited. We could see Davenport make his debut this week. My thing with Davenport is, does he want to play football? An elbow and a toe are like the strangest injuries to have continue to last this long. And I don't understand if he hasn't been practicing because of his elbow, if he stubbed his toe or something, (laughs) but I'd say the most encouraging, I I did not expect us to have Ramchick back. Mm -hmm. If you get diagnosed with a concussion, the odds of coming back the subsequent week are like slim to none because with a concussion, you can't come back without clearing the protocol. It's not like an ankle that you can tape up and just kind of play through it. And I, and I thought he 
you know, we were kind of talking amongst Canal Street earlier about like the most valuable person to the Saints offense. And the easy answer would be Kamara. But you quickly saw last week without Ranchick, we can't get anything going. So that was the most promising, honestly, to me out of all of that. Sad about Deontay Harris, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was definitely expecting Ranchick to be out this week, especially with James Hurst coming off suspension, who's been a starter in this league before. And I thought he was going to get the start this week at right tackle, but he said not too fast. Uh, moving on to Deontay, yeah, he did not practice with a hamstring injury. Uh, he got hurt with, Cat Terrell said, his last uh, kickoff return. He got banged up a little bit. Uh, they signed an old friend, Tommy Lee Lewis. <sighs> practice squad. He'll probably get called up for game day if Deontay can't go. But what? I mean, like, I, I, just, it's so frustrating. I, I, I feel like Sean's doing this to us on purpose. Like, of all wide receivers, like this year we actually have more than one good wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Last year, we had just Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, who is not the same Traquan Smith so far, and Ted Jin Jr. as our deep ball threat that dropped half of them. And, you know, we didn't really think that much about the position. And so to bring him in, I just, I just feel like it's bad judo to bring back Tommy Lee Lewis. And I, I just, I think we were fine without him last week. Yeah, he's like, Sean Payton treats him as like a bad girlfriend they just can't break up with. They just keep getting back together. <laughs> and it's just, it's a bad relationship. You got to just cut ties and be done with it. I mean, uh, what we've seen from him recently hasn't been much. He, he was a really cool project at first, but that project is Deontay Harris now. Um, also adding, Janoris Jenkins did not practice as well. Um, Trey Hendrickson was limited and Justin Hardy popped on the injury report. He did not practice as well. So some positive things for the Saints in terms of injuries. Um, going up to the Chargers side of the ball, they they had a ton of injuries. I was actually surprised. Joey Bosa didn't, didn't practice. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it, these, this injury report is um, as of, what is today, the 8th? This is as, uh-huh. this is the 8th, and um, doesn't mean they're not going to play, but it's not looking good for them. Joey Bosa did not practice. Brian Bulaga, their right tackle, did not practice. Austin Eckler, of course, he will be out. Trey Turner, their starting guard from LSU, he did not practice. And Mike Williams, their um, their backup or their number two wide receiver, did not practice as well. So some big names I was not expecting to see. And there was a lot more to this list in terms of limited. And that was it was a deep list for the Chargers. Yeah, I'm, I'm like scrolling through it now. I did not know that about Joey Bosa. That's really good news for us in tandem with having Ramchick there because him not being there and then having him on the other side was really worrisome. Um, I didn't know about Eckler. Is that how you say it? Yeah. I feel like I want to add like more syllables than there <laughs> is. I didn't know that he was injured, uh, but yeah, this is, this is pretty extensive. I feel like I'm looking at the 49ers report at this point. Yeah. And last week I, I wasn't too worried about this game. In the beginning of the year, it definitely wasn't a game I was circling, but they played really, really well against Tampa Bay. And the big thing with them was Herbert was just these big plays. So these wide receivers you've probably never even heard of. I didn't hear of any of them that were making the plays. And it was just blown coverages. And it was Herbert Herbert, just out there slinging it. I was really impressed by him. And he was announced as the starter today. 
over Tyrod Taylor, which mm-hmm. is a big controversy. It's messy. I'm glad it's not our, our organization, um, even though we've had our fair share yeah. of injury uh, controversy. <laughs> but Herbert getting the start. What do you think about Herbert? I like his situation. So like, I'm pretty sure it was like at the last minute of week two when, you know, mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor had his lung punctured by the team doctor and his, was his first matchup the one against the chiefs? Yeah. So to go out there with like no warning and no expectations and to kind of hold the team together the way that he did and just kind of take over the reins moving forward. I think he's doing really well. And I, I saw that Sean Payton scouted him a lot during the combine, and that doesn't really surprise me. Uh, the good thing about that is that if Sean Payton has studied him, I'm hoping that they've, you know, accordingly prepared for him. I just wish that injury report, to be honest, uh, if I could swap two players on there for do not practice and limited, it would be Lattimore and Jenkins. <laughs> I just, I'm... I'm if Lattimore to me, this is kind of his make or break game. Um, he just hasn't paid off at all for you know where we took him. And my, my only hope is that guarding Keenan Allen, he seems to have kind of like an ego thing mm-hmm. where if it is an unnamed receiver, which according to, you know, last week's game, it probably will be besides Allen. He just kind of decides he doesn't need to show up to the game and Jenkins has made some mistakes and made some penalties, but it doesn't ever look like he's not giving it a hundred percent or just kind of checked out. And so to me, Lattimore, you know, this receiver has a name, people recognize it. If you can't show up, then, you know, we should, we just shouldn't, I've already been back and forth about re-signing him to a contract, but it, especially with him and Ram coming up at the same time, Ramchick is emphatically the priority of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming into the offseason, I uh, the talk was extending Kamara, Lattimore, and Ramchick, and Lattimore's slowly going off that list. And he's going to be, if he doesn't start playing better, he's going to be um, a guy that you wait a couple days to see if his market isn't as good. And that kind of sucks because his rookie year. He was defensive rookie of the year. He mm-hmm. had, I believe, four picks. And ever since then, he just hasn't been able to get his hands on a lot of balls. Um, that's a product of just him locking down the receiver sometimes and him just not throwing this their his way. Uh, but looking just at this year, he had Mike Evans and played phenomenal against him. I thought he played fundamentally really well. And mm-hmm. he's locked in. He's doing everything, trying not to grab. You go to the Raiders and Brian Edwards is getting the best of him. You go to um, Green Bay and Alan Lazard, the undrafted free agent, has a career day against him. And, of course, this week he doesn't play. And I thought the, the bad thing for Lattimore is P. Robin, mm-hmm. P.J. Williams, they held their own for the most part. I think P.J. didn't do amazing. But P. Rob, uh, he, he went out there and looked like he looked like all training camp. He played well. Yeah, I mean, he had an interception. And he, like, you know, if it was P.J. and P Rob kind of taking, you know, one side while Jenkins was out there and they played well, it'd be one thing, but they were solely out there as, you know, a guy that we let go that wasn't that good. And then he went to Philly was much better. Uh, And, you you know, they played just as well as a lot of more Jenkins had besides the first game. So I agree that if he doesn't step up this week, 
P-Rob comes at a lot cheaper of a price. And it, it like paying him that much money is just not worth it if very less quote unquote elite cornerbacks can do, you know, C plus work for the Saints defense, which is, you know, good enough for us most of the time. The 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 trend in the NFL has been trading superstar corners that you know you can't pay. Uh, we look at Jalen Ramsey, Marcus Peters, um, Marlon Humphrey stayed with his team, but they're getting huge contracts that teams just most teams can't afford. And I mean, coming to this game, it's a popular opinion that Janoris Jenkins has been has played better. He's had some ugly PIs, but that, that's just a product of the game sometimes. Um, but coming to this game, if he can be fully healthy and have a bounce back game against Keenan. I think he'll have a lot more uh, faith moving in with him moving forward and looking down the stretch of the next few games. These are games they have to win. And the thing that scares me about this game is that the thing that the Chargers do well, the Saints have struggled. Uh, The Saints run defense is excellent and the Chargers have been poor running the football. But throwing the football, they they, big plays after big plays and we're making bad teams have big plays all the time. And that just can't happen. And um, Malcolm Jenkins, who has been actually very good for them this year, besides the Green Bay game, popped up <laughs> on the injury report as well. He was limited with a knee injury. So having him just banged up, I mean, that, not, that might be um, not good for them. But Herbert, I wouldn't doubt that he throws for 300 yards, a few touchdowns, and uh, Saints win this thing, but barely. I agree. Um, and I think that Jenkins caught a lot of flack simply for being mismatched with like behemoth tight ends most of the time. And I think just his presence as an older person with that safety group of CJ and Marcus Williams is just a good thing at minimum. I do think that this game is going to be in the air, but the Packers kind of the same Detroit's kind of the same. There are, you know, more passing games that I was worried about early on the, the like X factor to me with the saints every time we play the chargers is just ultimately going to always be that that was the team that let breeze go mm-hmm. and breeze always plays best when he has a chip on his shoulder. And I don't know if that fully can, you know, explains last week where he kind of was like, I had enough of the slander of being said that I'm washed up and everything, but you know, he's just always kind of been overlooked and, you know, they're just always going to be the team that let him go. And so I think that spark might just barely tip it over the scales, but I agree that it's going to be a back and forth game. And I'm glad we had the passing game we did last week, because if not for that, I'd be way more concerned, uh, you know, going into this specific matchup. Yeah, that, that was going into right to my next point. Say, uh, Drew Brees in primetime, let alone is always very good. And against his former team, I don't, I don't know the stats on it, but I feel like he's always played very well against the Chargers in primetime. And Nate and I were talking about this last week of the chemistry between Drew and Sanders really came evident in that game. And even Traquan, even though he didn't have the yards, he had two touchdowns. Uh, he's finding these guys. Jared Cook didn't play last week, and Adam Trotman made a couple catches. And he's finding the group with some other guys. And the offense was actually pretty effective, and I thought it was their best game in a long time, honestly, going back to last year as well. They were clicking on all cylinders. Yes, it's the Lions' defense, but Kamara was clicking, Latavius was clicking, they were running the football. And all this, and you get Michael Thomas and Jared Cook back, I mean, that is big. I think this could be a big game for Drew, um, just getting Michael Thomas back. I mean, 
I'm so excited to see Michael Thomas back on the field. So am I, but in a weird way, kind of like Bridgewater last year in the long run was a good thing for the Saints because it made them stop relying on Drew's arm and actually be a complete team. Breeze got tunnel vision with Thomas and Thomas gets triple covered. So if he's only throwing to Mike Thomas, it's just not going to work most of the time. And so I think having to be forced to figure it out with other receivers really makes a difference long-term. And there was a quote by Traquan where he kind of said that like the chemistry with Sanders and Breeze is what kind of got him to start going. And I just feel like when you are on an offense that's not clicking and not completing passes, you just are off. And when you're on one that's on, everyone wants to be on. And I feel like Sanders, I thought was similar to Jared Cook last year, where it was just kind of a slow trajectory, but he's hurdled that because they had no off season, you know, they had no preseason and Sanders. I I was really mad. We didn't get him last year. Mm -hmm. I just think once we have Sanders and Thomas out there and and Traquan Smith very much holding his own. And I'm like, really, I feel like a proud mother when I talk about him, because I've never really believed in him. I I just think, and then then there's Kamara who can also be a receiving threat. It just spreads the wealth. And I think now that Drew actually has trust in his receivers, it's harder to, to me to get that trust than it is to fully lose it. And I think now that he has it, they're going to really have to do something bad for him to kind of curl back up again. Yeah. Uh, Sanders said uh, the Raiders week that Healy knew, he personally knew 85% of the playbook. And that other, what, 25% of the playbook, 15, I can do math, percent <laughs> of the playbook, um, that makes you second guess the other parts. Playing football, um, just veterans know that, okay, I'm going to, I'm not going to run this route f- full speed if you're second guessing yourself. And in a perfect world, if Michael Thomas didn't get hurt and Drew is relying on Michael Thomas, I don't know how long it takes for Drew to get on the same page with Sanders. I, I, f- it made my heart happy when he threw that back shoulder fade to Sanders and you know he's not open and they're on the same page and Sanders gets up and points at him. I, I, I felt that in my heart that they had a connection going there. And I wish I would have, I wish he would have been mic'd up or something because I want to know what he said. Um, but I'm just, I'm getting excited about that connection. And like you said about Jared Cook, Jared Cook last year was always the third option. And Sanders um, at times had to be the first or second option. And he's and, not good at that. No, no. Yeah. And he's, he's drawing the team's best corners and he's not really used to playing outside a ton. I know he's done, he's done it a lot, but he fits perfect in that slot. And with yep. Traquan playing the X, he has to play the Z on the other side. So it just got messy. And you could say that they didn't look very good in Detroit, but they didn't sleep. I would love to see you not sleep and then go, go to work. I like, I do the, you know, like the quotes piece for Canal Street. So I listen to Michael Burton's like harrowing tale of like being out up all night. And like, even if like, you know, that aside of all the, his like mental turmoil, just like Kamara saying, they're all trying to figure out what was going on and everything. And just having the game be, you know, kind of hanging over their heads. Um, I would agree. And what you said about Sanders um, with that route, that's kind of exactly like what my thinking has been this whole time is that like Drew, the reason everyone thinks he's so good is because the, the throw isn't open and he drops it right exactly where it needs to be to go right into their hands 
but that is also 50% dependent on the receiver being exactly where Drew thinks that he's going to be. The Saints are very much like a prepared, uh, what's the word for it? Like surgical team. Mm-hmm. And you could see, I remember after the Raiders game where we were all like, I can't believe Drew didn't throw to Josh Hill. Well, Josh Hill stopped mid-route. And so, yeah, I, and I noticed uh, Sanders' footwork in the Lions game was just really crisp. And you can tell mm-hmm. that now that he has those routes down, he turns around, he's ready to receive it. And I, I agree that it was a very like palpable feeling of a connection between him and Sanders. And then that just kind of reverberates to everyone else. I always... Um, going to a personal level, I try to explain route running, like making cookies. If you're a mom and you know how to make cookies really well, you don't need the recipe. You're going to do it the way you want. It's going to be really good. They're going to be perfect every time. If you're going back to wait, how many, this and that, if you're going back to instructions, you're, it's not going to be as good. They're not going to be as effective. And Sanders knows that playbook. It's going to be crisp and easy. Um, like you said, I'm really excited about this offense, Monday night football, and the best part about all this is that they get a bye after this. So they get to rest all these guys who have been um, injured and whoever gets injured in this game, cross their fingers, no one gets injured. But yeah, that was too long of a list, even if they're limited or not. Um, we got to get healthy. And kind of going back to that Lions game uh, today and yesterday, they've been rescheduling the NFL games. And I think I just want to address the NFL right now. I think they need to do a much better job because it's been not good. Um, that game against the Lions could have easily been scheduled later that day or another day. But I thought, yeah. Even even if there was no uh, positive cases, that team was up all night, and mm-hmm. uh, we saw like every other play. Some Saints was going down. Teron, mm-hmm. Ryan, PJ, P-Rob, I mean, you name it, they were hurt. And I guarantee there's players on that injury report. There's players that not aren't on the injury report that are hurt and bad right now and that are practicing and that's a product of not being able to sleep and then just go banging bodies um i think they need to do a much better job and that starts off with disciplining the tennessee titans how they deserve and it should be close to what the bounty gate was i know i know you have about this i made the horrible mistake of simply outlining what the saints bounty gate punishment was on twitter earlier um and i have now unleashed uh the, the floodgates um i the the problem that people have seemed to have is that i phrase it as the titans willfully spreading a virus and willfully means knowing the risks knowing what you're doing and disregarding those things and doing them anyway they uh, they were told you know not only were there tests that were positive they were told in person activities are banned and they blatantly did it anyways. They, going to a local private high school, that's just really irresponsible and selfish behavior. And not just for the players on their team and their families that, you know, there are two more tests on their team. They have 23 positive tests. That's not just kind of an outbreak. That's a really bad outbreak. And now they've affected their upcoming game. They already affected the Steelers and now they have to play a game in week seven instead of having that later bye week. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have reverberated this effect on the NFL. And my whole point was that we were used to make an example of, and a lot of saints people feel that the punishment was a little too much. That being said, have we heard much of a bounty program since that punishment? Not really. 
if the Titans don't get severe punishments and they have been the most blatant, but that practice is just unforgivable, then people are just going to find ways to get around this. And the, if we want a season, there needs to be a tone that's set. And, you know, they just happen to be the ones that got caught on camera at a private high school. Mm-hmm. When I, when I saw the pictures, I, my immediate thought was, wow, that's something the Patriots would do. And where's Mike Vrabel from? He is from New England. He knows the ways of Bill Belichick. And that just felt so Patriots-like to go behind the league's back and go have this practice. You look back at the when they filmed, like, the Browns practice and the Jets practices. I mean, like, come on. Like, it's just little things like that. And we saw the Patriots get disciplined with losing draft picks. And that, that punishment needs to be equal across the whole league. And talk about punishments just like that. Um, flag punishments i'm gonna start talking about the saints were only flagged four times last game which is pretty good it's getting better um but the fish eating tonight was not very good um i'm not complaining i love seeing bucks fans get mad at us on twitter and then uh tonight they just get kind of screwed a little bit on some calls and uh now they're whining about the refs and like oh my gosh everything's against us and honestly that's the way you play football if you're disrespectful to the refs, don't expect respect back. And if you're going to go like Brady and yell in their faces, you're not, you're not going to get every call. And um, moving into this week, I think that's one of the bigger keys in this game is this is Herbert's first primetime start, I believe. Um, don't, don't let him have a field day. Don't hurt yourselves. Go out there, play well. And I'm looking at Lattimore. I'm looking at Davenport. They got to have big games. They got a really big games. And, Do you think uh, Davenport is going to play? If he doesn't, I, I think he might need to delete social media. I just, if he doesn't play to me, he doesn't actually want to play football and is just kind of avoiding the issue at this point. Because like, if his toe injury is that bad, he'd have gone on IR. If his elbow issue was that bad, he'd have gone on IR. And we're five weeks into the season now and have not seen a lick of him. And our pass rush has suffered mm-hmm. barring last game. Uh, yeah, I, 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 at this point, Davenport is almost like not even in my thoughts at this point because I'm so used to him just not being around. But I think that Lattimore, especially the spotlight is going to be on him, especially based on the way that P. Robin, uh, PJ stepped up, uh, you know, in his absence last week. Yeah, Sean Payton said on on uh, I don't know what radio he said on some radio that he expects Davenport to play this week. What that means, uh, who knows at this point? Because I'm sure he's expected him to play every week. Um, but if he doesn't, if he can't go this week, uh, <laughs> there's going to be some hate on Twitter, and there very well should be because you traded for two first round picks for him in a position where he could have drafted Lamar Jackson. Won't get into that. Uh, that just triggers <laughs> me a little bit. Um, yeah, Davenport, if we get Davenport, Trey and Cam back, uh, there hasn't been a game this season where the Saints have had all 22 of their starters. So that'd be amazing, especially like you said, with the pass rush that hasn't been great. Uh, David on has been one of the bright spots. Trey Hendrickson has been one of the bright spots. And if on a rookie, you got to pressure him, you got to make him un- uncomfortable. That's something mm-hmm. the Bucks didn't do very well. And he, he, he killed him. Uh, they were lucky to get out that game with a W, but um, we're sitting here with a chance to take the division once again. We're sitting here at two and two. We can come back and take the division with three and two, get a bye. Hopefully, Green Bay beats Tampa Bay, 
and we are sitting clean with um with our our fate in our hands and that's that's really important because last year they we we were hoping that the lions beat green bay this happens oh my god that day and if they can just go out and just take care of business and control their fate just win the game you're supposed to win um if you can get some close ones do that too but just just come on yeah and we have the panthers right after our bye so if we can just get even you know further up in our division then that's even better and we we do have that Niners game in November it's slightly less ominous now with what's happened to their team but I agree that if we can just get this win this week if the Packers don't beat the Bucks with the way that Aaron Rodgers has been playing and it's like he's just kind of had like a swagger this season and he's really just made his offense happen and I mean the Bears just aren't that good of a football team and mm-hmm. if Tampa was this much of a mess against them and I mean I just can't imagine them having good locker room chemistry and that's something that's touted about New Orleans and when the the whole Drew thing in June happened everyone was like oh my god the Saints previously on you know breakable locker room might have a disaster and then you saw just how strong it is with how they were able to get that back together screaming at your team when they don't do well when you can't count to four just doesn't really bode well for you know perseverance uh throughout the season and I think if if the Packers just start you know running up the score it's just going to be more meltdowns yeah and I that's 100% facts but what the media is going to say is didn't have Godwin he didn't have um his wide receivers are banged up he's fine he'll do amazing next week they won't give him any kind of hate but if Drew Brees comes out on Monday night and screaming at the refs, yep. <laughs> missing throws, not knowing what down it is, he'll get just destroyed. And that's just the way that the NFL interprets Tom Brady, like they do the NBA LeBron James. He's the face of yeah. the franchise of the whole business, and they're going to protect him at all costs. Um, but screw him. We're taking this division. Um, yep. We got Chargers Monday night, and then we got the Panthers, and then we got the Bears. Uh, hopefully we can take advantage on them. And then we have Tampa Bay once again on the eighth. So will we get them in four games. We'll see them soon. Yeah. And I, I do think they're beatable twice. I just, mm-hmm. I, the way that everyone's saying they're a Super Bowl team, I'm like, were they just one player away from a Super Bowl team before? Because that's pretty much what's happened. Like objectively, yes, Tom Brady is a better option than Jameis Winston. But Tom Brady left a really good defense and Bill Belichick, which is who I think is just as much to, to you know, credit with Brady's success. Belichick is held up against the Chiefs team without his starting quarterback, eight players who opted out of the season before he even started. And I just don't think Bruce Arians has the same coaching prowess to kind of match that up. And so these Super Bowl aspirations based on nothing are just, I would love to have them topple down relatively quickly. Yeah, it's 100%. And we're sitting here on Thursday night. Hopefully you guys hear it tonight. All our great listeners come in tonight. Um, you guys can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Brennan Erdl. You guys know that by now. And you please go follow Madeline 
on Twitter as well. Hers is let me look at my notes because I don't remember. Uh, at Maddie Haddock underscore 94. Please go follow her. Got, she does great stuff over that country chronicles. Um, that pretty much wraps up today's pod um, of us trashing the Bucks and hyping up the Saints for Monday Night Football. It's going to be a fun one. Um, Maddie, appreciate you coming on and subbing in for Nate tonight. Yeah, I, and I appreciate Tom Brady for uh, giving us the uh, alley-oop to take this one in. I know, and I'm going to be posting on my Twitter um, the picture of Mike Evans with his eyes super big about the PI call and Tom Brady with the with the looking with the uh, fourth down fingers. Um, I'm going to have those in my camera roll ready to go for memes uh, moving forward. It's good stuff. Appreciate the and, uh Currently in the post game, uh, Tom has admitted that he knew it was not a fourth down. And then Bruce Arians is now saying that he knew it was a fourth down. So I don't know which one is better, but they're not on the same page. Sounds like there's a little bit of uh, Bruce Arians trying to save Tom Brady's reputation. Sounds a little bit like Jameis Winston kind of issues quarterback-wise in Tampa Bay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't get too off Love to see it. Um, make, yes, go check us out on Twitter. Check out Kanashi Chronicles. we got great stuff over there. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Give us five stars. Y'all know the drill. Stay safe. Peace and love. See you guys next episode. Who that? Who that? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop. The Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that? Say they gon' beat them Saints. They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know that.